Gun Control 1. When the older brother horsing around opened fire with the 12-gauge and shot his little brother in the back, my Aunt Anna pressed her open hand over the wound, over the blown right lung. Blood stuttered up through her fingers. As he began to slide away, she kept her hand hard flat against that death. At emergency, they had to pry it away. He survived that night. When he takes his shirt off today at the lake, you can see the bleach-white stretch where no hair grows, and the skin thins to her imprint, a handspan, just under his shoulder, where a wing, if we had wings, might begin to unfurl. Two. I said he's going to hurt someone. And the director, as he had been instructed by those far above the precincts of the workshop, told me nothing could be done until he did. So he wrote things that spun his hurt and jagged plan around each other like the knife feints of the blood-masked Jack the Ripper, surgeon in the bee-loud glade, he wrote. If the blood jet was poetry, Jack would sip demi-liters from my neck and the neck of the girl sitting next to him. He shouted out in my class that we were married. He would prove it some day. Skipping his meds, flinging a lit smoke. At the campus bar, he broke the bottle kept in his pack, vaulted over to cut the bartender's throat. They tackled him. But he shook free, reached for the gun, ready to open fire. They called the psych center where their workshop east. I remember that. Three. Late at a Hollywood dinner party, he leaned into me, hair over one eye, smiling in that boyish, seductive style, so familiar from the big screen, seriously drunk. He was telling me what he feared most on this earth, waking up in bed to find someone standing over me with a gun. Later I heard how he did it, in bed, pistol to temple. When the man with the Glock floated over him, he knew he was all He'd ever feared.